Welcome to another episode of the Covenant Community Kids Podcast. I am Jackie Jones. I'm Evie Jones. And our guest today is Leah Jones, our sister. <laughs> Hello. Yay! Hi, Leah. <laughs> and 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 I'm so sorry we forgot you, Finn. <laughs> and Finn Hasselham. <laughs> Yay! Our newest nephew. The best baby in the world. The chonk. The chonk monk. <laughs> Chunkathon 3000. Yeah. <laughs> we will now potentially have three voices that are hard to tell apart. <laughs> so, good luck. <laughs> and Godspeed. So, Leah, how's your day been? It's been pretty good. I got to take a nap. Which oh, amazing. nice. Nice. I yeah. imagine that's... Uh, coveted in these early months it is yes everybody says to sleep when the baby sleeps but that doesn't happen very often so <laughs> he, he is going to be five months in four days oh, oh my gosh yeah wow great job <laughs> you're doing so great mm-hmm. both of you thanks well thank you for coming on what drew you to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are my sisters. Uh, <laughs> we have had. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but we are related. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's really cool that you guys decided to do this, and that it's I, like doing so well that people are so interested in it. It's. Um, I thought for a long time about coming on and sharing my story, but I wasn't really sure if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I think just seeing the podcast get so much support and seeing how great you guys are doing with it, Mm -hmm. I think encouraged me to say, okay, I think I can do this. Aw, thanks. That's really nice. Yeah. I'm glad that uh, you feel that way. I'm glad you came on because I know we like from early beginnings were like to all of our siblings. Come on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. baby. <laughs> Hello. I'm so honored and excited because I have, you know, you're the oldest. I'm the youngest, mm-hmm. and I have memories of being in this environment together, and I'm excited to hear more about what your experience was personally in it and rather than like in passing things that I've heard over the years you know yeah yeah me too and also like I know I've said on the podcast a few times that it was a little bit easier for me to leave I feel like because older siblings had already left yes absolutely oh yeah you know as with a lot of parenting things I think the oldest is kind of the guinea pig goes through yeah. a lot of stuff first um and i think but i think you really like paved the way in terms of me being like oh yeah no i will never live in a household <laughs> I, i'm just not doing these things yeah. um so thank you for that yeah i'm sorry sure. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry no definitely makes it easier as a younger sibling to have older siblings who are so thoughtful and intelligent about their life choices and like I don't know I just learned so much from you Leah and you too Evie and it's you know just cool that we get to continue learning from each other yeah it's it's, you know so sentimental I think thoughtful and intelligent might be a little bit of a stretch for a lot of the choices but I appreciate this. You know, as I was saying it, I was like, I'm sure there were a few that were not thought out. <laughs> At least on the end side of it, there is thought and conversation. Yes, and yes. from that, I have learned. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> okay. I'll write that down. <laughs> well, um, do you mind telling us a little bit about your early year experiences with community? Sure. So, um, yeah, we were in community for probably my whole life. I don't remember exactly when mom and papa joined, um, but it was 
when I was very young, if not before I was born. Oh, it was before I was born, obviously, because I met through, anyways. I was wondering, yeah. Mm -hmm. Papa was in a brotherhood. Um, and so, yeah, so I was in community my whole life, um, my whole childhood. And honestly, I really liked it. Um, mm -hmm. I liked the community aspect of it and that we had yeah. like built in family friends and, um, yeah. just, I think I really thrived on that, especially as being homeschooled, having that community was really important to me. Um, yeah. I always was like really socially awkward and really struggled making friends. And um, so having that and, and I was in and out of schools, you know, I, they sent me to, since I was the guinea pig, you know, yep. <laughs> I was, um, went to, gosh, six different schools. Um, oh. and I was rarely, maybe just in high school, I was in the same school more than one year in a row, homeschooled a lot between all of that. So like just having that stability and familiarity of community was really important for me. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So... In high school, I went on a couple trips to Honduras, which were really cool experiences and were um, just fundamental in kind of help, like uh, forming how I viewed the world and myself. And these were like mission trips with community, right? Mission trips. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like through that experience is when I really was introduced to the different communities throughout the U.S., especially and throughout the world, really, because there, there was community in Honduras that we had connected yeah. with. And I had made a lot of friends in the Lansa community as well. So I think. Uh, Sorry, do you remember what the Lansing community is called? Is that word of work of Christ? Work of Christ. Of Christ, that's right. Yeah. Um. So I was looking at colleges, and I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life, and what I wanted to do when I grew up, and all of that. And I was looking mm -hmm. at Grand Valley State University, and I was like ninety percent sure that's where I was going to go. We went and visited a bunch of different colleges. We like, um, and I really liked that one. Mm -hmm. But I got. From how I remember it, anyways, I got really freaked out kind of last minute because um, hmm. I didn't know anybody there. And I had been really sheltered growing up, so I didn't really have my social skills. I was just not really sure about doing that. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to move away. I knew that. I wanted to move away from home. I knew I wanted some, like, freedom and some kind of experience of like being on my own mm -hmm. and somebody um, was talking about household and saying that there was a, a household in Lansing that was looking for more young women and I kind of jumped at that because I was like, oh, I know the community. I love community. I know people over there. I can go to Lansing Community College. They have a really good photography program. That's what yeah. I was thinking I wanted to do. Um, so I talked to mom and papa about it. And we went and interviewed. And they accepted me even though they felt like... Um, freshmen in college were not usually the best fit for household. <laughs> and you were a young freshman too, oh. right? Yeah, I was 17. Yeah. Wow. So I um, turned 18 in November of that year. Mm. Okay. Why did they think it wasn't a good fit for freshmen to live in a household? I think I proved them exact proved exactly why. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> um, 
because most freshmen are like just coming out from high school. They want freedom. They want to be able to explore their boundaries and explore what the world has for them outside of their the safety and comfort of their homes. There also had been instances where um, we were told in the initial interview that uh, a young woman had committed suicide in when she was in household and um, she was a freshman as well. So like they were just worried about the impacts that could have on not just the freshmen, but the community and families. So, yeah. Wow. Um, and I remember like my mental health was not great at the time either. So I, I, she asked me like, Oh, but you would never do anything like that. And I was like, Oh no, of course not. But in the back of my head, I was like, yes, of course I would. <laughs> so, um, That's like suicide prevention 101 just, too, is that you never phrase it that way. Like you yeah. never say, but you would not, you're not thinking about this, right? right? Like you have to ask directly, like, are you thinking of killing yourself? Not that, you know, not that that style of suicide prevention was developed or that they had learned it, but. <laughs> it sounds like they were aware, too, that this environment was hard. Like, I don't know. There's a weird feeling in that for me where they were like, this might break you, just so you know. And we're aware of it. Yeah. So you better be okay totally. with, you know be in a good spot like i don't like that <laughs> so, no. and saying that someone died by suicide in household and that's a reason why they won't or don't necessarily encourage freshmen to join is super concerning yes and levels. that mm -hmm. i yes i was trying to think of the way to phrase it i know committed suicide is not really a great way to say that because it you know. So yeah, usually they say died by suicide. Right. That's what I've I also heard. <laughs> yeah, you're good. I've also heard lately people using it like a like suicided. Mm -hmm. Like instead, oh, really? like, so it's because it's like an action. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then it's interesting too because it takes away the like attempted suicide or completed suicide to sort of show that there's yeah. it's not that one is worse than the other like so either way you're like suiciding mm -hmm. it's interesting hmm. yeah is. i like saying committed suicide is like mm -hmm. um puts the image of crime into your head because it's like committing something mm -hmm. atrocious but it's yeah anyway right. right. thank you well, I think that's all good information important for people to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I think um, they ha they had a point, you know, because freshman year of high school or of high school of college is a very like uh, just interesting time, especially for kids in the community who are yes. more likely to be extremely sheltered yes. and stuff. So yep. all of a sudden, being like, "Oh, here's the world. Good luck," you know, it's terrifying. Yeah. yeah, I lived with you for my freshman year of college, mm -hmm. Leah. That didn't go very well. <laughs> no, it's just a hard year for everybody, probably. Most people. Yeah. Just weird that they're aware that it's a bit of a pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I, I was doing a good job at convincing everybody that I was fine and I was much yeah more capable than I think I was. Yeah. So. You know, there was that too. Yeah. <laughs> but I was a kid. Like, they should have maybe known better. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird to, like, all of a sudden start trusting you about your own life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, you're so sheltered and unable to make any decisions. And then they're like, well, what do you think? Uh, You've never asked me that before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what ultimately made you decide to go into the household after that meeting yeah so they offered me um a spot in the household and there was going to be one other freshman as well so it was two of us and um they thought i would be a good fit so it just seemed like a good a good option and something that i was really interested in so then you moved in in september Mm -hmm. of 2002 yep. and i remember this because i drove you 
Well, not me, myself. I was 12. But <laughs> I was going to say, wait, what? <laughs> no, but I, I remember being in the car and going up there with you. Being, oh, really? Oh, she's yeah. never so far away. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Like, the oldest kid going off to college is a big deal. Right. Right. Yeah. It was a big yeah. deal. Um. Yeah, it was. So, like, I had I enrolled in Lansing Community College. I got a job at the Nut House Bar and Grill, like, right down the street. Nice. Um, and things started off pretty good. Um, what were the, like, were there rules or expectations of living in a household? Like, what made a household, UCO household, different from living with, like, a group of friends? Say? Yeah, so it was... Um, Basically, it's a household is like a group of of people. In this case, it was a women's household. So a group of women who were like committed to living a Christian life and like supporting each other through university. Um, mm-hmm. And so there were certain like rules and or not rules necessarily, but expectations that there was like morning prayer every morning, kind of like a dinner schedule, taking turns making dinner, uh, contributing to the house in a certain in certain ways. Um, expected that we would contribute and be a part of the Lansing community up there. Um, so like. There were prayer meetings, and then the UCO also had their own prayer meetings. So we had, um, like, things like that to go to. Sometimes classes. What classes? Well, there was this one class that was called, like, uh, Intro to to the Bible, or something just very Mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that we were expected to go to and that became a whole thing because um <laughs> mm-hmm. it was uh it wasn't it wasn't i guess i was maybe more familiar with people being more straightforward because when mm-hmm. when something is said to me to be suggested um i take mm-hmm. that to mean it's suggested it's not required Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it became pretty quickly apparent that it was actually something that was a requirement, you know, but they weren't, they would never say that word. They would never say, this is required. This is something you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. W- they were yeah. so frustrating and <laughs> manipulative to talk around right. something and not yeah. just say this is expected right. of you. And me being, you know, oh. 17, 18 at the time, I was, I was also very stubborn and when it became apparent that that's what was going on i was like okay on principle now i'm not going because you said it was not required and i said i was not interested in it and now you're saying i like basically in in no uncertain terms that i have to go to it so you know it got to the point where i was like no that i'm on principle i'm not going (laughs) yeah yeah yes absolutely feel that (laughs) Um, and so that, how did, yeah, how did that turn out? Um, that escalated to a point where I was, um, confronted and yelled at in front of a bunch of people at a public prayer meeting. Wow. Oh, like a Lansing community work of Christ prayer meeting? Yes. Oh, oh my boy. God. So that's like the entire Lansing community is usually going to be there, right? It was after the prayer meeting and I had like gone, I can't remember exactly how it played out, but I think I had gone up to, to her, to Debbie Putnam and said, the leader of the UCO there and said, you know, I, I just, I don't want to do this. And yeah, she, I, I don't remember exactly what she said, but she yelled at me. And said that, um, you know, yeah, I wish I could remember what she said, but the other hand, I'm glad I don't. I was going to say, it's probably for the I, best. I just remember, yeah, I remember after that, though, um, 
a group of my peers um, or people who are a little bit older than me, especially one person in particular who was um, a mentor to me in a lot of ways through that whole experience. Mm -hmm. um, she took me to her house and talked, you know, we just talked a lot about community and the expectations. And she was from Ann Arbor community too. So we talked a lot about like how, oh, okay. um, it was just very different. The community was very different there. The expectations were different. Um, and just how hard it is to be that age in general, but also mm -hmm. to be that age in community. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was very helpful to talk to her and to have my experience being upset, validated right. by somebody else. Because I was like looking back on journal entries and stuff from that time period, I was a pretty insightful and smart mm -hmm. kid, but I had absolutely yeah. no trust in myself or my faith in like in myself mm -hmm. and how I saw things. I always thought that I was the one that was messing up or I was the one that was in the wrong. So it was mm -hmm. really helpful to be validated that day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you had that. I'm glad person you got that. There. Mm -hmm. Me too. When you guys were talking about the differences in Ann Arbor and Lansing, was Ann Arbor more straightforward in your experience of their language? And like, was it harder to adapt to that in, in Lansing? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I really just liked what you said that adaptation wasn't predictable yeah. in Lansing. Is something you said before we yes. started recording. I want you to say it again. How would you phrase it? I'm very professional. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, thank you for bringing that up, Jackie. That's an excellent point. Uh... <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely my experience, at least from what I can remember, that Ann Arbor was like just, it was a lot easier to, um, and the, I think it was, I was raised in that community too, so it was different. I knew what to yeah. expect. I knew what, what people meant when they said things. And yeah. for, so from my experience, people were more straightforward. And coming to Lansing was a huge culture shock in that regard because they were not straightforward um a lot of times it's like when it came to things like that especially they were yeah. even like so i had i had uh, more rules and guidelines for me because i was 17 so mm -hmm. i was a minor and everything and i understood that there were yeah. things like um you know a curfew and and those kind of things which i understood entirely because I was a minor, you know, but I kind yeah. of, I also remember, so, um, I ended up getting a boyfriend at one mm -hmm. point, somebody who worked at the Nut House with me and Debbie invited me out to lunch one day and basically said, it's, you know, she was like, oh, I'm asking how things are going and everything. And, mm -hmm. and then uh, it was either Debbie or somebody else. Like, actually, I can't remember which of the leaders it was now. But um, said that, and this was another one of those things where they weren't super clear. But hmm. basically, we weren't allowed to date. Ah. Uh, so, they, the, but the way they put it was, well, you wouldn't really want to date because you want to focus on school and your relationship with God and all of this stuff. Um. And having a relationship can distract you from those things. And so I was like, mm. okay, so I'm not allowed to date. They were like, well, you know, it's just not the best idea. <laughs> so like, it's so frustrating. <laughs> it's so awful for your mental health. And that was, that was not, it, it they talked to me like, like I should have known that, you know, too. Like, mm. and they had never said that. that. Right. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So it was very hard to adapt to that yeah just not knowing what what they expected from me 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would make me feel so paranoid. Like, yeah. that's yeah. something that I've been yeah. noticing in myself a lot lately is, like, so much of my anxiety comes from not knowing if people are meaning what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes wonder if that's, like, a community kid thing. <laughs> it's like... I just really need you to be straightforward and like I'm always kind of be going to be a little nervous that you're meaning something else. Um mm. yeah, how is that on your mental health? Like well, yeah, I mean that not only that but like feeling like I was messing up just right like, doing something wrong when I had no idea. Yeah, you can't expect people to behave a certain way. Like nobody can read your mind. You can't yeah. oh, expect God. people to. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Especially a teenager. Right. Like, come on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There were just so many instances where that was just a huge problem. So um, my mental health was not good to begin with. Um, I was pretty depressed and didn't really know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were, I'd been to therapy like a couple times, but it was like something that my parents suggested and it wasn't really anything that I found helpful because I wasn't honest with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hard. Yeah, it is. So I was very depressed and I was also going through this kind of existential crisis of sorts. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, to feel like paranoid that I was fucking up when I didn't know which way was up and what was expected of me and what, you know, yeah. It was yeah when you're like trying to do the right thing but you don't know what the right thing is right there's no and i would get so yelled yeah. like i would get um st- like talked to for hanging out with my guy friends which i had a lot of friends who happened to be guys and if i was hanging out with them especially one-on-one that became a whole thing too wow uh, was that also the case in ann arbor where was it more intense in lansing so I was never in UCO in Ann Arbor, so I can't really speak to that. But like in high school and things like that, it, I mean, there was absolutely separation between guys and girls, but it wasn't as like, you know, for instance, I think a lot of us know that Lansing had contracts for dating and right. things like that. Ann Arbor yep. did not. Like right. there was nothing like that in Ann Arbor. So there were much stricter guidelines, separations between men and women in Lansing. Mm. Or, you know, young men and women. Right. right, But I was not familiar with. Yeah, and that's a tough thing too when it's like community has been such a, like you were saying, it was a really comforting and stable and consistent thing in your life. And then because you were kind of wanting some of that consistency still, you decided to really like connect with it in Lansing and then for it to be so different and like mm-hmm. shocking is that just sucks. Like yeah. that you were really hoping it would be this source of familiarity and it was kind of the opposite. Yeah. So for the most part, the people that I that I lived with and the people that I dealt with on kind of a daily basis were incredible. I think it would, especially growing up at the way that I did like bouncing from school to school, not really having good social skills. I never really had the opportunity to really make good friends. Um, and I was always very shy and anxious and all those things. So to have like, a group of people that I consider to be my friends and that helped me through a lot of, a lot of stuff. Like it was just it's so important and such a, a positive thing, you know? So I think that's important to say. Yeah. Yeah. That it was not like this total got a whole experience. There was a lot of really good stuff there too. Yeah. Yeah. But that also does contrast to like it was something that you were getting something out of and then it was mm-hmm. taken away from you. Yeah. Yeah. The leadership was where I had the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh 
Do you still talk to any of those people that became your friends there? Not really. Um, mm-hmm. After the process of my leaving and through uh, changes of, of life since then, well, especially since I got pregnant out of wedlock with Sebastian. That was a big one. I think people were just kind of like, okay, yeah. we're done with you. Goodbye. Like, I reached oh, yeah, out yeah. to a few of them and uh, never heard back. I think a lot of it oh. was like, was on me. I was a very toxic person for a while. So I don't blame them for, for doing that, but it was hard. Um, but I do yeah. still talk to some of them. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you, like, Sebastian came not too long after you left household. Right. In, you know, in the grand scheme of things, even though 17 to 20 feels like 25 years Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you're in it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Even those, like, three months, three months that I was in household felt like a year. Even looking back on it, I can't believe it was only three months. months. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, I remember you visiting home, you know, like, in my mind, it was so long that you were Me too. Yeah. Like, I was pretty young, but I have, Mm -hmm. like, Leah lived in Lansing for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) A very long time. You were, Jackie, you were eight? Seven. Seven or eight? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So what was the... You know, you had some budding heads over the Bible class and then over having a boyfriend. What was like the final straw? So, um, once I turned 18, I thought that the rules would be changed a little bit because like with curfew, nobody else had a curfew. And at, at oh. the point that I had turned 18, these problems had not begun like things were were pretty good um that was in november in november yeah so i when the curfew was not lifted i was confused yeah um and i had a conversation with somebody in leadership about that and um this is where it all gets really hazy because I dissociated a lot and it was just really kind of traumatic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to remember specific details, but I know that we had a conversation about it and it was, um, there was no reason given to me why I still had a curfew and nobody else did. Uh, That's so weird. Yeah. The other freshman with who went in with you? Right. She did have... not. No. Um, what? So it was, I was confused and I felt singled out and like yeah. targeted. How would you not? Something. And uh, so what really, so that's, I think when really the problems began snowballing. Um, yeah. And so it got to a point where I was given an ultimatum. Um, Cause I would, to be fair, I was a shithead at the time, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> um, I, I feel bad thinking back on it now, you know, of course, but then I was 18, I was a kid. I had no idea like what I was Yeah. Saying. And you couldn't. And I felt like, okay, I was, yeah, I was staying to. out all night, but I was hanging out with community kids. Like I was being good. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I felt like I was being punished for like no reason. And those other people staying out all night got no consequences either. So anyway, well, that's that where, all... yeah, that's where it all falls <laughs> apart. Yeah. So I was given an ultimatum saying like, okay, you have, cause I would stay out all night and I would come home at morning prayer time. So I was there for morning prayer, but <laughs> that's you held up your end. <laughs> right. That's how, that's how my brain works. Like I'm coming in and here I am. I'm running on no sleep. Right. <laughs> but praise be. <laughs> here participating. Let's go. <laughs> oh, um. So I, yeah, I had gotten that like ultimatum saying, if you break curfew one more time, basically you're out. 
And there were some other rules in there, I think, but the curfew was the big one to me anyways. Um, and so that night I went for a drive with a friend of mine and I was like, who was in community, who was like a mentor of mine. Um, we talked about community and about life and like just everything, how it was hard. And they like encouraged me to just stick with it and just to like follow their rules, even though I felt like they were stupid. And, mm -hmm. um, I got home maybe 20 minutes late mm -hmm. and I was at work the next day and got a call from Papa saying that he was coming to get me, um, that I had to move home right then. Cause I had so they didn't curfew. even, they didn't even tell you themselves. No. They just called your dad right away and said, yep. you have to come get your daughter. Yep. Wow. And uh, so that, like, having to tell my boss that I had to quit oh, then God. and there because wow. uh, my dad was coming to whisk me away home. It was just, it was, a, and it was, like, right at the end of the semester, which I was doing really shitty wow. in school anyway so that wasn't a huge deal but it was still like it was but before still, the semester was uprooting over. you they didn't even give you a chance there yeah. yeah no that's crazy to be like immediately this 17 year old or you know fresh 18 year old is just let's just uproot her overnight yeah that's absurd the like power play of that is so dark yeah. yeah. Ugh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That's yeah. really upsetting. And I know you've said before that, like, the, that you were at work and that you had to, like, leave a shift and quit, mm -hmm. you know, like, having worked in the food service industry for a long time. That's, like, that sucks. That really sucks to have to yeah. do to, to your team. And what about you? You need a reference from that mm -hmm. restaurant and now they yeah. will maybe give you a good one right. because of something that wasn't in your control. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's like not just leaving the household, it's leaving Lansing and going back to Ann Arbor, yeah. which is where you were trying to get space from. Right. And <laughs> right. it wasn't long after that where mom and pop actually asked me to leave the house too because it was just, it, I feel oh, like wow. it oh, just things God. snowballed so bad from yeah. that point, like from that midpoint yeah. in my household yeah. stay. Like it was, I, I just. Yeah, that's crazy. It. That's like yeah. a very quick descent. Mm -hmm. But it's also, yeah, like you said, when you grow up so sheltered and you don't have the social skills and you haven't had that freedom before. And then all of a sudden, like, you're 18 and you do yeah. the, you know, like. And there's no adjustment period allowed for you. Like, yeah. how come? <laughs> but I survived. So, so that's good. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Cool. Yeah. Deep breath, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> We're all here. Everything's fine. You are here now and you are safe. Um. Yeah, wow. I am so sorry that that's how all of that played out. That's like, it's, I guess part of what stands out to me is the like immaturity of the leadership. Like, yes. to be like, you should know that when I say I want something, it means you have to do it. <laughs> and so it, and up. when I realize that's not what's happening, I'm not going to clarify my expectations. I'm going to scream at you and then I'm going you. to punish you. Like what? It doesn't, it's so juvenile. Like it's manipulative. Uh, I, 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 right. Because you have the power of their housing and of their school. Like you have so much power to be taking these things away from people. And well, it's just gross. Yeah, the I have never felt so powerless that day than when I had to move home. Like that was a really, really, really awful experience. Yeah, like, I had no, con I had no power over it. I had no control because I had like, you know, it's a terrible feeling. Yeah. Did leadership so, ever talk to you about it? Besides giving me that ultimatum, no. Right. But that wow. Was, yeah, that's it. Jeez. Did you? I mean, I think I know the answer, but did you go to Ann Arbor prayer meetings once you moved back or was it just like you were done 
No, I was, well, when I had Sebastian. Or they made you be done. No, they didn't make me be done or anything. But when I had Sebastian, I went to a few prayer meetings because, like, that um, I wanted to have that, like, structure and whatever for him. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, things were never the same after that. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Is there anything, like, now you have three boys. Yes. Three beautiful mm-hmm. boys. Bouncing baby boys. <laughs> um, is there anything that you have learned, whether it's like wanting to replicate it or wanting to opposite it <laughs> from growing up in community? Yeah, so I think for us, church and community were so instrumental in our lives. Yeah. Um, that was like, because it was so important to mom and papa, like their faith and right. yeah. everything was central to them. So that was our structure and that was our support system. And mm-hmm. so for the longest time, I thought that was like the only thing that could give you that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I've learned that. So yeah, structure and uh, support, a support network, and all of those things are so important for kids. But that is not the only place to get it. <laughs> yeah, uh, there are lots of other places to to find that. And so, like finding, making friends outside of religion and community and making my own support networks and my own like found family has been instrumental to that. Um, but yeah, man, that took a long time for me to figure out like, Oh yeah, kids do need these things, but, um, I don't have to go to church to find this. I don't have to be part of the community to have this. I was embarrassingly old when I figured it out. So, (laughs) (laughs) you're still quite young, so I don't understand. Well, I mean, old to to like make to make that (laughs) realization. I was like, I think it makes a lot of sense. It took me a long time to realize that too, even just for myself. You know, like that I can have support and structure without it looking like it did growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't imagine how much harder that is when you have a kid and you're like, well, this is how I was like, how do I provide that for this child? You know? Yeah. And Should even getting, you that, don't have older siblings. Which is right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I remember even like getting married. Yeah. I didn't know how to do it because that we weren't part yes. of the church. Totally. Like, yeah. How does this work? <laughs> There's mm-hmm. like, I mean, yeah. there were so many things that I had to basically relearn once yep. I left the community. Yep. Yeah, I'm getting ready to get married, as you both know. And it's <laughs> you, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, can you come? <laughs> um, yeah, that was a hard thing for me too. Even like even though we've been together for so long and talked about it and stuff, it was still like, well, I mean, actually even still like Mike is Mm -hmm. our brother. Mike is going to officiate, which Mm -hmm. I'm super excited about. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd want anyone else to do it, but it's like, well, how do we, what do we do? Like, what do we say? What do we, how do we make it like a real marriage? I think that's a big thing in my mind is like, how this is more Catholicism, but they used to always say like, well, there, it's not a real marriage. If it's not, not in the it, eyes it's, of the yeah, it's not in the eyes of the Catholic church. They're not actually married. You know, like yeah. that phrase got thrown around so much and people would like actually refuse to go to weddings if they weren't actually like oh, religiously yeah. correct. And they still do. Yeah. I'm still hearing stories about that. Yeah. I think that's something I should probably bring up with my therapist this week. But <laughs> <laughs> Like, making yeah. sure it feels legit to me. And, yeah. like, yeah. I can't imagine when we have kids, I'll, I'll still have to work through that. Even knowing, you know, like, this is not the only way to provide them with structure and stability. Mm-hmm. There's still that part of my brain that's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but this is, like, the best way. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, yeah. Like, you can logically understand something, but to emotionally yes, understand it's it a whole in unison story. with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it definitely had, I think another reason why I was kind of reluctant to come on the podcast was because my experience was not horrible. Like, yeah, a lot of people have been really traumatic and awful. And like, I, mine wasn't, I had so many good things come from it, but, um, like my whole community experience. Yeah. So it's, but it's always been hard for me to say, (laughs) like, um, to distinguish between, uh, an experience being awful and like categorizing the entire thing as being evil and awful. Oh yes. Um, so I think that's an important distinction to make for myself and yep. out loud that like, yeah, that experience did suck. Actually, that was pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that doesn't yeah. mean that my whole, the whole thing then was trash. <laughs> right. No, yeah. totally. And those can coexist. It's hard yeah, to hold totally. them at the same time, but you definitely can. Right. And I am proud of you for doing it. Thank you. And grateful to you for sharing it with us. Yeah, because I feel yeah. I feel that too. Like there, you know, I don't think I really felt growing up. I never felt like this is so weird. I'm in a cult, you know. Like I did, it felt good. It was great. I loved my friends. I loved going to. Well, I didn't love going to prayer meetings. Who loves going to <laughs> prayer meetings? But I, you know, I loved going. I loved when we got to play sports during girls group instead of talking that was yes. nice you know yeah, there were good so things nice. i liked mission trips i liked <laughs> yeah. i liked a lot of it um and it was just kind of it was like part of life i don't know it didn't feel weird or bad until until i was like 14 or 15 and started like having philosophical uh issues with it and that's when I started to experience some of the like pushback from other people and you know that's when it got tricky but because I think yeah I don't know kind of like what you were saying too about your story Leah it's like as long as you're going along with it and doing what they want you to do it's great right (laughs) and then like as soon as you like try to do something else or have like a conflicting thought then it's like whoa you, yeah. you need to get in line or get out. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I think so the majority of the time leadership is the problem. Like the yeah. other people in it are not the problem. Um, yeah. But I also can say that like I've definitely felt very ostracized by the entire community when I was kicked out. Um, yeah. And then when I, you know, when I had a child out of wedlock and like all these things, these poor decision making you know, whatever. Um, I, th- I don't know if it's people were just truly judgmental or afraid mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. accept me because of um, leadership or, or how other people might perceive them if they were yeah. they supported and accepted me. And I just like, especially with Lansing, I think that was a big difference yeah. too. Like the friends that I was mentioning, um, just kind of jumping ship at one point. Right. Um, which warranted or not, it was just a really shitty feeling. Yeah, that is. Yeah. 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 So I was going to say somebody listening to this, like I know you said it wasn't like a hard comparatively maybe experience in community, but I don't know for someone like I didn't, I didn't know all these things about your story and like that's, that was, it sounds like it was hard and it was traumatic in some ways. And yeah, I don't know if this will make any sense. I'm trying to, I feel like it's an inverse comparison, but I heard on this therapy podcast the other day, someone was talking about how they should just be happy for everything they have because some people have it so much worse. And the therapist said, just because you had lunch doesn't mean you don't deserve dinner. Mm-hmm. And I loved it so much. Yes. And yeah. That's I just a good feel way to like put that. That's like, Yes. That's like just because you didn't have the hardest experience in community, the hardship you did have is still valid. Right. And you still deserved better. And you definitely don't sound like you're smashing the whole thing or ungrateful for right. what was good about it or being one sided. Like you're giving it a very, very fair shot in the way that you have told your story, I think. Um, and I think that takes a lot of 
you know, growth and healing and maturity mm -hmm. to be able to look back and be like, well, these things were really good. This one thing super sucked and mm -hmm. it was really traumatic and kind of ended the whole thing. <laughs> and that's really shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm feel so like I'm so proud of yeah. you, and I'm so proud to be your sister. Oh, thank Sorry, you. I it. <laughs> appreciate that. I love you yeah, guys. Your, your babies are lucky. Thanks. They are. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, man, it's been like um, a long time since I've even like given this whole that whole experience that much thought or really talked about it that much. So it was kind of helpful yeah. like, talking about it now that I'm a quote unquote adult. I still never will feel like I'm a full adult, but <laughs> Wait, that feeling never goes away. No, yeah. not really. No? Oh, yes. oh, oh good. All right. Maybe it will settle in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Our grandma still says that she's 87. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, so. thank you, Leah, for coming yeah. on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm so grateful to Thanks you. Thanks for having me. Yes, Absolutely. but like I think you texted and we're like, I think I might be ready to. Show. Jackie and I were like, yes, we will jump on now immediately. Maybe it's like, I'll my text it back. Yeah, leave work right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We are on Spotify, Apple, Google. Please rate, review, subscribe, download episodes. That helps push it in the algorithm or something fancy like that <laughs> and um tell your friends tell your friends yeah please share on your social media profiles um <laughs> all about us <laughs> i hate this part so much can we just record this once and put it at the end of every episode i hate doing this i too. feel so false <laughs> uh, self-promotion <laughs> wonderful yes. such a comfortable feels so <laughs> grimy um thanks for listening <laughs> i love you i love you we love you do something nice for yourself and if you're feeling shitty do something nice for somebody else it helps Bye. <laughs>